Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. ask anybody's question but yours you're an idiot and really a disloyal person hello everyone welcome to the disloyal idiots podcast christian guzman here joined by steve hauer and mike ostrowski as my master plan is continuing to develop into full effect as syracuse drinks from the kool-aid cooler of new jersey Syracuse is hiring Camden, New Jersey native and Georgia defensive backs coach Fran Brown as its 31st head coach in program history. Good old emergency podcast for you as a little behind the scenes look. If you're not watching this live on Twitch or YouTube or Twitter, first of all, where have you been? This We are recording this live at 6 p.m. on Tuesday, so an hour after the official release was had out. It was sent out an hour before the Syracuse LSU, Syracuse LSU basketball game that's happening at the Dome. So we are literally live reacting to news that matriculated pretty fast starting yesterday morning. Yeah, it was kind of a weird situation. I know uh, about a week ago, I think, was the first time I saw the name floated around. Uh, Mike McAllister had tossed out uh, Fran as an option. Uh, and then at one point yesterday, uh, the tweet heard around the world from Cinco, Elijah Clark, uh, may or may not have alluded to the fact that, uh, that Mr. Brown is now, uh, leading the charge for the orange, um, noted Camden native, uh, Elijah Clark. So you can see there's a, a bit of a connection there. Um, more than yeah. a bit of a connection. Uh, you know, he recruited, you know, he recruited Cinco for Rutgers too, right? Oh, did he? Okay. He indeed, yeah. he indeed did. Uh, so you're saying Cinco's yeah. staying here this year? It would seem like that point. Um, to just further the New Jersey Rutgers connections as well, Brown was at Rutgers under Greg Schiano while he was also there with current Syracuse interim head coach Nunzio Campanelli as well. So if if John Wildhack wanted someone with Northeast ties, he can get a big check mark on that box because that is Fran Brown in an absolute nutshell. It's the massive Northeast recruiting ties and just recruiting ties in general. It's the big thing that sta- that pops out on his resume. Of course, Georgia is going to be a recruiting powerhouse no matter what, especially in this day and age. But a lot of experts, recruiting experts, have uh, touted Brown as one of the main reasons why Georgia's recruiting classes, especially in recent memory, have been so successful. And he was good in recruiting even before Georgia. The same uh, 24-7 uh, rankings that have him as number one this year, number eight last year, had him at number 25 as last year in Rutgers, which is damn good for Rutgers. And back when his time at Temple, he churned out in the 2020 NFL draft, so 20 class of 2019, guys that he recruited at Temple, he churned out 
five guys in the Temple secondary that went to the NFL. And I don't just mean went to the NFL and sat on a practice squad. I mean five guys that went to the NFL and played in the NFL for multiple seasons at Temple. They got their college degrees and college playing time. So, yeah, the aspect of he's he has plenty of experience at the uh, smaller Northeast schools that don't quite have the resources that Georgia does. So it's not just a, not just a, Hey, he did great at a school. Anybody would have did great at he's legit. And oh, I'm yeah. extremely excited about this. And you yes. can see for those watching on the live stream, you can see the credentials of the draft picks that uh, Brown has worked with in some capacity as an assistant in the college rankings. Yeah, there's a, a good number. Um, Sean Bradley, not that one for all you olds. Uh, <laughs> the big the big one here for most people who probably know a name is this one right here that's being highlighted right now, Hassan Reddick. I, I hadn't gotten that far through the list in yes. my brain. That is, that is the big standout name um, who may or may not be spearheading an Eagles defense to another Super Bowl appearance. Yeah, that hurt uh, yesterday. Sorry about that. Um, I, I wanted to forget that game. I'm, I'm, very, I'm very sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, uh, Brown, uh, you know, Mike brought up the, the Temple connection multiple times, the Rutgers connection. He was at Temple under, uh, what was he? He started under Daz, right? And then uh, Ruley. Believe so. I think, uh, yep, yep. Brown yeah, yeah Ruley, and then and then he followed Ruley to Baylor. Yep, and then uh, when um, are you sure it's, it's Rule, not Ruley, right, guys? Probably, probably. Increasing our amazing podcast. Um, but either way, uh, he ended up going back to Temple as uh, so at Baylor he was the uh, associate head coach as well. Uh, when he returned to Temple in the 2019 season, he was also the defensive coordinator, the co-defensive coordinator uh, on that staff. So um, anyone who's seeing just the uh, DB coach, like Georgia DB coach, for one, he's an SEC staff DB coach with some of the, well, what was it, uh, finalist for the best DB in the nation uh, at this point? Yep. So, yeah, currently, currently they they have one that's being that is on the Buckus uh, award list for the best DB in the nation. Yeah, uh, so Georgia, Georgia as a whole allowing about 180 passing yards per game in yeah, the I've SEC. Heard, that, that's insanely good. Last couple of years. <laughs> yeah, they're so. they're kind of on a 29 game winning streak. He wasn't there for all of that, but uh, that's that's a selling team. point. Haven't lost a game in the SEC. Yeah. And, and just to get facts right, uh, Jim Thorpe Award, best defensive back in college, Malachi Starks, who's on the Georgia Bulldogs, is a finalist for that Jim Thorpe Award. Mm -hmm. um, and again, let's remember, if you're an assistant coach for a program that has won back-to-back -back national championships, you're probably doing something right. One would think. Um, yeah, I mean, there's... There's a reason that Georgia and Kirby Smart have, you know, uh, brought him in and kept him around for the last couple of years. Uh, he, him being the number one recruiter in the country is just absolutely insane. Um, the, that, you know, he's available to us for all of the recruiting issues we've had, even in our own backyard. So, uh, I mean, that's one of the biggest... The, the biggest things from my perspective is setting that pipeline up again. And you, well, well, there's not much talent in our immediate backyard. Uh, Jersey's pretty ripe and he's about as big of an in as we can get there. Yeah. And for those uh, who are watching on the stream, you can see three quotes from the last three head coaches that Brown has worked under and Kirby smart, Matt rule and Greg Shiano. So he, uh, Syracuse have reached out to people to make sure that, they have their endorsement, and the endorsements are coming pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I'll, uh, it was it was one of those where once um, once Elijah Clark dropped that tweet yesterday. Yeah, I think everybody went a little crazy down the rabbit hole researching Brown, and every and, leaf you turned over was like, "Oh, that's uh, nice. not 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 not." Yes, everybody. Um, 
I'm going to ask you, Steve, to pull this up later because you also went berserk. Uh -huh. And um, um, as we get to this, the second half of what does this mean for Syracuse, <laughs> um, we'll let Steve uh, show what he researched in his time researching Brown yesterday. I, I have problems. Um, you want me to pull it up now? Uh, let, let's save that for the second half because I still okay. kind of want to talk about <laughs> Brown the credentials and why for Syracuse at least um, I, I can, I'm going to speak for the three of us because I believe the three of us are on alignment. This is one of the better hires they could make based on the names that were floating out there. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I know there were a lot of, a lot of uh, names tossed around that were, I guess felt to me very much like a retread or, a, you know, uh, beating the same dead horse over and over again. Um, and I'm glad that Syracuse did not go in those directions uh, and went with some fresh blood that uh, is, I mean, what, Fran's 41. Uh, so on the younger side for head coaching, um, I believe the youngest head coach in the ACC. So uh, I thought I saw that tossed around earlier. Um, but it, it seems seems all promising from my end on that. Yeah, there's really not any negatives that are like overwhelming here. There's the uh, there's unknowns for sure. We don't know what kind of play caller he is because he just hasn't had play calling experience. So ideally, you'll get a good OC that could do that for a year or two. You don't know if nationally he'll still be recruiting not, not on the level at georgia but still getting <laughs> those guys yeah yeah christian not on the level of georgia but still getting those guys from the south from florida georgia uh beating out or at least getting some depth from those bigger schools that have a million four and five stars and not everybody can play but overall it's not at all the direction i thought SU was going to go in but I'm very pleasantly surprised that they did go this direction because the ceiling on this, I think the ceiling, that's, I guess that's how I should word it. The ceiling on this is much, much higher than a lot of the other names that were tossed around. I'm not saying we're going to get the absolute maximum, but we don't need to in this case. No, but I mean, I, I think I touched on it on the pod on Sunday, even if, you know, absolute worst case scenario, I mean, I guess absolute best case scenario is uh, Fran, for some reason, falls in love with Syracuse and stays here. But the likely scenario or the most likely scenario is him, you know, uh, succeeding and then possibly, you know, using SU as a stepping stone. And in all honesty, I said it on Sunday, I don't care because that means he's leaving Syracuse in a significantly better place than when he got here. Uh, so if this works out, this is going to be a great, uh, great needle mover for Syracuse. And I've got right now 24-7's uh, list of Syracuse's uh, commits for the upcoming class of 2024. And obviously with a head coaching change, there is concern that you'll lose some of these commitments um, to just, you know, because they wanted to play under Babers in the system he promised. And they don't know what uh, Brown is going to come in. But when you look at the connections that is coming, uh, you've got, uh, in terms of the where they're coming from, Syracuse's top-rated recruit, Jamie Tremble, who's rumored to be the Oronde Gadsden replacement. He's from Georgia. I believe, if I remember correctly, yeah, his high school that he plays at, Wesleyan, is 20 minutes away from Bobby Dodd Stadium in Atlanta. So there is a lot of, um, a, there's a lot of um, connections there in Georgia. Uh, Chikari Williams, the quarterback, again, Macon, Georgia, um, not too far from Atlanta. Also, I know I know Georgia's in Atlanta and in, in Athens, but Georgia probably recruits all over Georgia, so there's no problem. I was there. Say, I'm, I'm pretty sure I mean, all, they, all they, Georgia is. Yeah, they, um, they did have what was basically an extra home game at GT to close out the year, so exactly they do. Mm -hmm. And then you go to the New Jersey commits. I mean, Syracuse is building the Millville uh, Mike Trout uh, pipeline. Um, and that's where LaQuint Allen is from. You've got another skill position player, Teron Howie. I hope I'm saying that correct. Um, I believe there was another, yeah, Jaden Brown from Don Bosco. Uh, shout out to 
uh, our favorite New York Giants starting quarterback um, in Tommy DeVito, also from Don Bosco. Uh, West Orange, yeah. West Orange, literally the town right next to me. So Wayne, two towns away from me. Wayne, two towns away from me. And then another Camden guy from where um, where Cinco and also where Brown is from. So there are a lot and I mean a lot of recruits who are already going to have some sort of connection inherently with um, Brown coming in as head coach. And it's going to be a – it should be, at the very least, easier in theory for um, for Syracuse to keep some of these recruits, especially since the recruiting class has looked really, really good, better than it has in recent times. Yeah, it's I believe the the strongest class we've had in a good long time at this point, right? Believe so. I would believe so. But For either way, you're saying yeah, and, and by proxy, it also gets better when you realize we get two classes that are below us next year. When uh, Cal and Stanford, or uh, Cal and SMU, I think are the two that are lower. Even better, but bringing in. Uh, you know, bringing in Fran, I would assume or hope that. Uh, <laughs> sorry, you pulled that tweet or that tweet up, and the first response. The first reply. Is, is, I, I, I realized that. <laughs> yes, I, it wasn't intentional, but it's the way that Twitter is set up. So fine, I close uh, enough. Mm -hmm. I that threw me off enough that I have no idea where I was. All right, let's let's just let's zoom in on let's zoom in on Fran Fran Brown's um statement to uh for syracuse um Bram brown says i'm incredibly proud to be leading syracuse football at a university with a rich and storied tradition of academic and athletic excellence syracuse football has astounding outstanding talent great facilities and passionate alumni the success of the players is my number one priority on and off the field i want my guys to succeed in life because they played football at syracuse my immediate area of focus is building relationships with my current players and putting together an elite staff while also having fun on the recruiting trail. I'm ready to get back to work and look forward to building something special for our fans. That's definitely saying the right things. Right. That's a whole lot of coach speak, but it's the right coach speak. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I get uh, everything I've read at this point just points in the, the appropriate direction for me. So I'm, I'm kind of, uh, again, from a hire that we had no idea was a possibility more than 24 hours ago, uh, things have, the, 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 the turns have tabled at this point. The turns have definitely tabled very, very much so. And I think it's also kind of interesting to talk about, you know, why Syracuse went into, what kind of message Syracuse is sending in, the, in this direction when they didn't decide to go for the other three guys that were mentioned to be in the running in Bob Chesney, uh, Dan Mullen, Jason Candle, and even throw in Tony Wayne in there as well. Um, because while all of those four guys definitely had their perks um, and seemingly some other qualities that could have made them an attractive option for Syracuse, I think I think the overarching theme is the recruiting it's probably what made Brown stand out the most. And it sends a clear direction for Syracuse, at least that the way they're going to build this program right now isn't through kind of the Ian McIntyre style of going through the transfer portal. And I think it's going to be, you know, building a strong foundation of getting solid recruits in every single year at the, at the very least. And it shows a signal of intent as well when you've got, when you've invested so much in a facility and facilities that um, are, reportedly going to make you better and specialized facilities that, you know, should make the football experience a little bit better and that you can bring in someone who can convince uh, young kids to come to Syracuse. Okay. Uh, my, my cue, I guess. Yeah. I think uh, we're, we're still figuring out folks, but uh, yeah, I do think the message that this sends is the right one in that SU, if there's one thing that Dino, you can argue a lot about what Dino was good and what he wasn't good at, he was not a great recruiter. 
And if that's the number one issue, if they've identified it as the number one issue and this is how they want to fix it, I think it's a great start where you're going with someone who has a ton of experience in that specific area. And I think especially he's open to just finding the best talent and then working around that. We don't, it's too early to really guess at like what's his philosophy is going to be we'll we'll find out a little bit of that on monday hopefully when he gets introduced officially uh we don't have a time on that yet as she was said it'll be sometime on monday but uh yeah i I think that as long as he's able to go out and get talent he can figure out what to do with talent after he reels them in and i think it's a good time to go towards like kind of the future uh since we're building on you know what what Brown is going to do at Syracuse, and as you mentioned, as he mentioned in his statement, one of the first things he's got to do is not only build connections with the current players that are at Syracuse in order to keep some of those talented guys, but it's also to build an elite staff, which is what he signals as one of the things he has to do. Now, there's plenty of options uh, for Brown to choose from, um, and you would think that uh, Brown would choose probably some of the options that he's worked with in the past. Uh, people that he's familiar with, whether it's during his time at Temple, Rutgers, hell, if he can bring a Georgia assistant or two, that'd be a coup de grace. Uh, but there, there were definitely a, a, there are definitely options out there for Brown to assemble a staff. Maybe he even decides to hold on to some of the uh, current Q staff that is um, at Syracuse, um, whether they were hired by Dino or not. Um, so there's options there on how Brown is going to support himself in his first head coaching job. Um, So I know a lot of people are going to be curious about who Brown might or may not bring in. Um, That's what we have Steve for. Hi. We've got (laughs) spreadsheets. Because, of course, we have spreadsheets on this podcast. Uh, (laughs) That's that's how we do on this podcast is spreadsheets all the time. Um, Yeah. for some reason and for uh you know boredom over the last 24 hours um when it became kind of uh, close to wh- when there when it became more than smoke and fire or smoke and got closer to fire <laughs> um i decided to throw together a list of all of the assistants that he's worked with uh since 2013 at temple so there's uh you know there's a number of them that uh number of guys that have gone to the pros a uh, number of guys that have fallen off the face of the earth a number of guys that are georgia which i just didn't even bother taking notes on because i didn't <laughs> a remote chance in hell he was bringing anybody with him um, yes yes brown is gonna bring will muschamp to syracuse <laughs> right as, as a syracuse yes. dc <laughs> yeah you know what he, he might as well just you know why not um <laughs> hell i didn't even put kirby smart in the list as a <laughs> coach, everybody, every other head coach I listed, it, it didn't even. No, that. it's not even worth writing. Not worth um, it. Yeah, we're not in the business of bringing head coach uh, head coaches back as assistants. <laughs> yeah, we don't. We don't have the uh, the oh, Bama role. <laughs> no, well, no, we do. They just have to be very, very specialized in the thing that they do. See one wrong comma Rocky. Rocky. Good point. Weird. Uh, I okay. I clearly made the wrong kind of reference. Uh, I was talking <laughs> about literal the DC right the, uh, the uh, Arkansas guy. Oh, that guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, yeah. yeah but uh, but the thing is, Syracuse hasn't brought. It, it would be like Syracuse. It would be like Brown hiring Scott Schaefer to be the DC. I mean, he's he's open now. Yeah, is he though? I, I can't. I can't even keep a straight face, trying to exactly. Say that. <laughs> uh, you know who can we, we should. Can we just acknowledge that, like Scott Schaefer's like sports reference page is just Syracuse, and then like he just vanishes, and let's let's keep it that way. Yeah, yeah. So uh, he, shout uh, out to Middle Tennessee for making coaches vanish <laughs> <laughs> uh, after they beat us. God, that was bad. Yeah. Um. So yeah, uh, one the the first who's that guy uh, that you've highlighted on the stream right now? Nunzio Kimpili. Oh wait, no, it's our 
it's our interim head coach. Mike, didn't you receive a guy an email from that guy earlier this week? <laughs> oh, God. I did not. I did not. But about half the uh, Syracuse student body found out that Nunzio is apparently selling his old instruments. Yeah, old musical instruments, it seems. So uh... I guess that was for, that was intended for the VPA kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But uh, he did work with the, the, the Setner uh, Setner storage closets. I really got to filling up. Got to fill some space there. <laughs> I don't get these references, <laughs> uh, but I do get the fact that he worked with Campanelli in 2020 and 2021 on the Rutgers staff. Uh, definitely a viable option there. Um, Rutgers DC, I it might be current DC still, is uh, Joe Hermit Harass Harass Miniac. Hey Steve, your whiteboard's gonna, your your whiteboard's gonna have uh, yeah, new material. Oh, it's gonna be right next to Blaish. Now that I can erase that, um, but uh, basically was DC of Maine, uh, kind of worked through the New England uh, areas, ended up as the DC of Rutgers. I believe he's currently still the DC of Rutgers. He is, he is still DC of Rutgers. Yes. Um, I don't, you know, no offense to you, Christian, but I would much rather live in Syracuse than Jersey. So he, they can, uh, he can pay. Him. You're talking about the guy that's thinking about moving to Syracuse. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, uh, Corey Heatherman, also the linebackers coach at Rutgers, is um, he was at Maine with uh, Joe H. And, uh, you know, if you grab one, you grab two. Um, Marquise Watkins or Watson was a is the D line coach I believe still there or maybe bounced around somewhere but pretty wide open. Uh, he's got a, cu- a couple special teams guys that uh, that he's worked with over the years, uh, Adam Shire and uh, I believe yeah Ed Foley was a tight ends and special teams coach at Temple. Um, Elijah Robinson is the name that screams at you when you look at who he's worked with. Uh, who has he worked with Rule through most of uh, his career and then went to AM, uh, was the co DC, uh, is currently the interim head coach. Unfortunately, today, earlier today, it did come out that uh, AM is looking to retain him. So, n- no offense to Syracuse, but we're not paying AM money. Uh, well, we're not paying Mike Elko's seven million base salary a year. Or- no, that's our whole staff. <laughs> and then some probably. But you're telling me that we don't have what Mike Elko was promised, which was $11 million for his entire staff and football operations? Jesus. Yeah. What would we do with that? Besides find a way to screw it up. Uh, just make a, make a second basketball-only dome. No, I was going to say install, you know, install a loop to loop on the roller coaster on top of the dome or something like that. <laughs> make it an actual roller coaster. Yeah, make it an actual roller coaster. Uh, for... that that'd be something Syracuse would do. Compete with the state fair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just turn the quad into the uh, mm-hmm. uh, midway and yeah, go full blown. Yeah, yeah it seems great. Um. For anyone who uh, is an old like me, there's a name that you would recognize in his past. Uh, offensive line coach for Baylor in 2017 and 2016 with uh, Temple was George DeLeon, the former Paul Pasqualoni disciple and offensive coordinator for Syracuse back in the late 90s, uh, known for the run-run-pass-punt offense. Um <laughs> DeLeon uh, did he actually I believe passed last year so he is uh, not coming back but um, <laughs> interesting tie to Syracuse that uh, that he did work with DeLeon uh, back in the day uh, I think some of the other people I had this, this is all rapidly thrown together notes of like oh this guy um, Rod Carey who was his head coach at Temple in 2019 is the offensive coordinator at Indiana uh, I wrote doubt we match that, but you never know. Um, maybe he doesn't like Indiana. There's a lot of people who could say that. Sorry, Connor. Don't. don't uh, <laughs> yeah. By the way, shout out Homefield Apparel, homefieldapparel.com. <laughs> Noon 23, 10% off your first purchase. Yep. Uh, Rob Smith was the DC of Rutgers in 2020. Um, he ended up, right now, he's an analyst with PSU uh, at 
and by PSU, I mean Penn State for those folks who. Cool. What? Not Pittsfield State. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Piscataway State. Uh, continuing with the Jersey ties, but um, the uh, yeah, he's an analyst at Penn State this year. Uh, probably looking to get back on the wagon. Uh, I don't know how his stint at Rutgers went with, but or went, but uh, yeah, uh, the current wide receiver coach uh, at Pitt is Taekwon Underwood, who I believe is another Jersey guy. Um, actually, anybody who's listed in the Rutgers staff, I noticed uh, overlooking through all of them, Rutgers only hires people from New Jersey. It is the most Jersey thing you could possibly that, Jersey. You you know what you know what could do with further study. Uh, let's 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 take a look at the uh, that twenty twenty one Rutgers staff. Yeah, and let's remember that this is a Rutgers staff that beat Syracuse nineteen to nine in the dome that year. Oh, Oh God! Seventeen-seven, but same. Seventeen-seven, but same same thing. Even better. That was no. my first game as a student, by the way. Congratulations! You're as emotionally scarred as I am. Yes, I am. I got to see Tommy DeVito die on the dome turf because he got sacked like six times that game. Uh, he continues to do that with the Giants. <laughs> but now he's yeah. But now he gets to play Sopranos music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But now he gets. Music. But now he gets to throw to Jalen Hyatt instead of uh, you know. Uh, a half-invested Taj Harris. Fair enough. So one half-invested receiver to another? Yeah, yeah, close enough. <laughs> but yeah, um, I mean, that that team, that 2021 Rutgers roster, or coaching staff, um, grab anyone from that, I guess? I, I don't know. It's a weird... Because the other thing is, especially with Georgia, like I'm sure he's got plenty of ties elsewhere. There's, you know, guys who have worked for guys. Uh, you know, Kirby Smart's tree is insane. Uh, for as weird as Chiano is, his coaching tree is also pretty, you know, robust. Uh, there's a lot of guys that have connections to places that he has worked and has coached. So well, this is all the people he's directly worked with. Um, there's plenty of other options as well that uh, are are viable, you know, uh, pools to pull from. So this is just a start because why not? I also don't think we're getting the Texas Tech head coach, Joey McGuire. For the uh, what? Really? Yeah, just throwing that out there. No, oh, come on, have some faith. Yep. So. <laughs> So yeah, that was my fun time last night. So if you're looking for a staff, or at least a, a, a bumbling of the staff that you could potentially see Brown look at, uh, you know, turn, go back to the YouTube and watch the VOD, uh, Disloyal Idiots on YouTube, and you can uh, take a look and see, you know, what uh, what names pop out to you about what Syracuse needs to, what type of staff. Syracuse, he might look to build at Syracuse. And what also is going to be interesting is just kind of the systems that he decides to bring and run at Syracuse as well. Um, we What we knew from Dina was he was going to run the Baylor Air Raid uh, offense with, uh, with you know, tempo. Um, yeah. And that's it, uh, is essentially what he, he, he did his first couple of years. Um, I haven't watched any tape at all about what he did at Temple while he was there at DC. So I'm not sure if he um, is going to run a traditional defense, if he's going to stick with the 3-3-5 that seemingly a lot of Syracuse players like right now. Um, and then obviously the offensive identity is going to be interesting to figure out what he is deciding to do as well. So maybe the plus is that you know, no matter what, you're probably going to have a dynamic playmaker at tight end like Georgia. So you could probably copy and paste some elements of that on offense. But I think the first thing that is going to be that I think a lot of Syracuse fans are going to want to figure out pretty quickly is the systems that he's going to try and implement uh, as head coach, both on both sides of the ball. Yeah, that'll be. Yeah, and go ahead, Steve. Go ahead. Oh, no. I'll you, Mike. And as far as uh, whether he keeps the three three five or moves on, again, I think that just has to do with personnel. There are a lot of guys in the portal right now. I hope 
at some of them. Uh, knock, knock, Leon Lowry. Uh, stick around. Um, but it really depends. Also depends, you know, are Marlo Wax and Justin Barron going to come back for a fifth year or are they going to test the uh, pro waters? If you're going with a much younger team, then maybe you do want to at least experiment with some other stuff because the 335 does rely a ton on positioning and covering a lot of ground, depending on what the opposing offense throws at you. So if you go decide to go with a more traditional zone coverage, uh, you know, obviously for Christian's sanity, you still have to press a little bit at the line. Please. Because that, that has worked this year. Please keep doing it. Maybe play uh, a little less zone as well, please, please. Maybe uh, again. Yeah, I can. We, I we, can we will see where we're at. We will see where we are at in terms of what kind of bodies are in the room. Uh, hopefully, a couple of months from now, when uh, spring camp starts up, we'll have a pretty good idea of what the roster uh, looks like, what the depth chart looks like. Maybe we'll get actual depth chart updates. And maybe Steve we'll get have to uh, maybe maybe we'll get to figure out what maybe we'll get oh, yes. transparency in just in yeah, general. Yeah, that's that's too being able to see more than a half hour of uh, practice where twenty minutes of it is stretching and such. Yeah, that'd be nice on the uh, the depth chart thing on Mondays if I didn't have to just guess what I could uh, try and make a <laughs> make an article out of. That'd be great. Usually it's, oh, well, it's the same thing as last week. Or it's what we saw on the field on Saturday. So uh, enjoy. That, that's or, you get, I really or, or you get the dreaded oars, which don't play for about a month at a time. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's that's a given. Usually if it's the second name listed on an oar line, that's going to be the player that plays. Yeah, always. I uh, guess now we don't know, though. It's a It's a completely brand new world here. I'm not sure if Wildhack's going to institute this, but it's it's something that the Axe article when Dino was fired brought up. We talked a little bit on the pod as well, um, and just in general, is that because of the lack of transparency around Dino, it never felt like he built the strongest of connections with fans. Uh, and it felt like I think you could I think you've at least Mike, you could feel it um, since you were here uh, around, not not on campus, but you were definitely keeping tabs on the media while Campanelli was doing his uh, tour as interim during the final week at Syracuse. There was definitely a refreshing take of, um, of transparency. And it felt like, it definitely felt like we could connect a bit more with the program and just because we just knew a bit more. And so we could understand why certain things were happening the way they were and not. And just because of that transparency that Campanelli showed and that the players showed in the post game against Wake Forest, I, it's something that I hope Brown continues as, as, as Syracuse head coach. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're not asking you to share ga- like game planning details or anything like that. We get why you can't share that stuff. But at least be honest a little bit and say, like, yeah, so-and-so actually has a pretty good shot to play, or this is why we made this personnel decision. Like, Nunzio was very transparent about, hey, we, uh, Jason Beck's the guy that came up with the Thundercat offense. He's the one, so you should be thanking for that. Uh, He came right out and said why they weren't using tight ends as pass-catching options over the middle. They need the extra blocker. He didn't sugarcoat that. it's not a ton. And like, honestly, in the grand scheme of things, you're kind of stating the obvious sometimes, but because you're the coach, it carries a lot of weight, even just stating the obvious. So please do that. That is all. And I think that's something that we'll, we'll definitely get a chance to see during that media opportunity, that first media opportunity we get to see at Syracuse. I'm not, I'm, I'm really hoping we don't get a close your eyes moment like we did with Dino during his, uh, introductory press conference that um that was awkward enough as it was to begin with um so uh but you know, like do you, yeah like do you uh, know for, for yeah, we, we, strike me as that kind of guy thankfully. no mm-hmm. but it def but you could tell that 
you know was trying to win over media right there uh brown could do the same thing but just in a different direction because if he kind of goes through kind of the same things that dino did um i don't think Syracuse media is gonna like really hype that up that much that that, that introductory press conference i think is going to tell us a lot uh, about uh what kind of character syracuse is getting because um we haven't seen Brown that much in front of a mic. Um, there was a couple no. social media events that Georgia had released um, in the past about him mic'd up during practices, and those definitely looked good. Uh, but uh, personnel-wise, uh, when he's the main guy, uh, you know, talking up, when he's the main guy um, who's going to be, you know, asked the, the hard-hitting questions, it's going to be interesting to see how he responds. Yeah, I mean, he's if you're the number one recruiter in the country, you're at least charismatic. So I would think he's going to have a, a decent uh, press room presence. So I'll uh, I'll be looking forward to that when it happens. Oh, and also thanks to thanks to Mike Mike held on uh, uh, in the <laughs> yeah, chat for putting this out. Yeah, because um, Syracuse. This this comment from uh, our friend Mike held uh, on uh, is comes from a. The Syracuse.com report from Chris Carlson, um, uh, where Syracuse athletic director John Wildhack was talking to Carlson, and the exact quote is, I don't know where this originated, and it kind of has had a life of its own, but I never met with Dan Mullen. I never talked to him about this job, let alone being on campus and meeting with him. None of that. So there was, there was no indication that Mullen was going to be a... Uh, um, there was no indication that Mullen was going to be a Syracuse head coach candidate. Uh, for me, thank God. Yeah. Um, it at least shows the signal of intent that they were moving somewhere. They were thinking far different in that approach. Yeah, that may yeah, or may that, not have been the exact hire I w- or exact thing I was talking about earlier when I said uh, the names tossed around would have been retreads. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That would have been a uh, best case he's gone in three years because they're good or worst case he's gone in three years because he's going back to ESPN again. Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. I don't know that whole, the, the original names that got tossed around, like I'm, I'm glad that the, the, what came out as the final three were, um, candle and Brown and, uh, Chesney, uh, just because it, it shows that Syracuse is, more forward thinking on this at present um which to me means that you know they're i don't want to say getting more serious about football but getting more serious about football in that they're taking chances at a place where you need to take chances uh so i i mean i'll i'll take it uh take it much much uh much happier that we're in the situation we are than if uh it was Dan Mullen that got trotted out, or Al Golden, or any of the other names, even Doug Marone for that matter. Uh, they got that got trotted out as potential candidates. Oh, actually, there, Mike, Mike back at it again, <laughs> right on time. Thankful the Al Golden conversation was short lived. Yeah, I think if, if Al Golden actually got hired, I no joke would have announced my uh resignation. <laughs> and gone back to the, uh, I believe it's Black Shoe Diaries, the uh, Penn State SB Nation site. I'd give them that, them a call because <laughs> that's that's the point of no return. I'm sorry, guys. Yeah, that would have been not great. All right, basketball's tipping off in 15 minutes. This seems like it's good to place this any to kind of wrap up conversations, guys. Let's What's just go through. Um, it's Is that a- the thing that James talks about. It's that thing and, that and you too. it's that thing that takes up half the dome for half the year, you know. Oh yeah, that thing we had to switch out back in the day when I was at ESF. Yeah. Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. exactly. Uh, Which is so hilarious just, because I started blogging as a Syracuse basketball blogger back in the day, and now you're a Syracuse soccer blogger. Yes. Um, we're also uh, media spread bloggers as well. Just so you know. Oh, hundred uh, percent. Excellent choice with the blue cheese uh, for the wings. This is bingo. Money right there. Wings, fries, blue cheese, little mac mac salad on the side as well. Oh, yeah. actually, I've always wondered this. Where do they toss the uh, the the press spread for uh, basketball games? 
It's in the same place as the. Oh, it's um, just up in the press. It's box. in the same. No, it's they're not in the press box. So uh, a little behind the scenes for some of those who aren't aware. Um, what Syracuse does is they use what is I believe is the away football locker room as the um, as the press area for uh, uh, for uh, basketball for all basketball, and that's where they'll put press stuff as well and the housing for as well. Nice. Um, I learned something today. Indeed. So, yeah, and, and it's hey, of course it's a big enough space. So, yeah. yeah, why not? Exactly. So, as we wrap this emergency pod, Syracuse has its thirty-first head coach in program history, Fran Brown, uh, leaving Georgia as his uh, as uh, their defensive backs coach. He will now join Syracuse. Guys, just a quick final thought on where Syracuse now is headed with the hiring of Fran Brown. You made me think of something right there. Um, when do we know when he's taking the helm, seeing Georgia's 100% in this for the long haul? Um, I think we'll get some clarity on that uh, Monday presser press conference. Um, sure. because it seems like because of that scheduling of the Monday press conference, he's at least going to be with them, um, for the SEC championship game, right? So, yeah. We'll, we'll probably we'll probably know then if he's taking over full time or not. I would assume he would like. I would assume Wildhack would like him to take over immediately so that he can at least keep the incoming recruits um, ahead of early signing day. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I know Wildhack made the comment of like he was at least mindful of the uh, transfer window officially opening December fourth. So that's what's Monday's kind of the, that. Wait, so, uh... <laughs> it's, it's, it's as simple as great. You've got you're the Syracuse head coach. Congratulations. Now make a call to a quarterback in the portal right now. Dom's not here. Otherwise, I would uh, mention a very specific name. That's not going to happen. But no, on. it's not going to happen. What's going to happen is that 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 quarterback is going to actually join Justin Barron in UConn. No. I, well, uh, no. with the hire of a DB first coach, uh, I'm I'm wondering. Uh, Barron's probably right near the top of the near the list, uh, near the Uranda gets on the list to call and say, "Hey, you want to hang out for another year?" Barron did make third team All ACC, or was it honorable mention? I forget. Um, yeah, kind of lost on the shuffle. All ACC awards were announced today. The uh, Quinn Allen second team, Marlowe X second team, Jack Stonehouse third team. Quinn Allen was also named honorable mention for all purpose yards. Uh, Chris Bleich, honorable mention, and Justin Barron, honorable mention. Chris Bleich, honorable, what? What? I mentioned. Yeah, they, they looked at the three random, like, ACC linemen of the weeks he got <laughs> for Which just. Is... Yeah, cool. Okay. So maybe. Oh, <laughs> so looks like that will be. Mike, what do you th- what do you think? Let's let's have you wrap this up. Your final thoughts on Fran Brown coming to next Syracuse football head coach. Kind of said it before, but very excited. Uh, I like the direction they went. I think there's a, a lot of potential here, but at the same time, I also think the program doesn't have to bottom out before he has to rebuild it. I think he can come in right away, be in ball contention again next year with a relatively easy schedule as long as he keeps just some of the leaders around from this year's team like you said call justin call marlo hopefully although it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if he goes pro but make the call yeah you and gotta go from there you really say hi yes yeah, so this stuff this, this definitely doesn't feel like a full program reset um he definitely has the resume to at least keep what dino had going and he seems like a guy who could take advantage of that like 2024 schedule to at the very least make a bowl in his first year at the helm of Syracuse. And you know what? Very specific strategy. I don't know if it's what he's going to do, but if you've got guys that really have like only a year or two left of eligibility, they want to get some playing time right away. Hey, we've got openings and a paper soft schedule. Why don't you, uh, Come, come, come to the dome for a little while. It yeah, could definitely be an option. 
So yeah. I think I think the three of us are all very, very excited, um, especially now that, you know, a, a, a seemingly almost out of nowhere hire was made for Syracuse because I don't think anyone thought a Georgia assistant of any kind would be eligible or even willing to take the Syracuse job. And, but uh, it seems like Syracuse has found a very, very good successor at, and at least a good stepping stone to lead their program into the wild, wild west of playing California, Stanford, and SMU all the time now. So good luck with that as well. Yeah, almost, almost makes you want to apply to grad school up here. Almost. That's it for the Disloyal Idiots podcast here on the Fans First Sports Network. Uh, Steve, thank you as always for hopping on. Mike, thank you as always for hopping on when our guy on the milk carton is nowhere else to be found. Um, Andy, come back. Your parents are calling for you. Um, <laughs> we, we kid. Uh, Andy's, oh, oh, Andy's a busy, busy guy. So whenever we get we <laughs> We'll probably hear his thoughts this weekend as usual. The Disloyal Idiots podcast streams live on Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube. The search Disloyal Idiots are usually live Sundays at 8 p.m. Eastern time. You can always catch the VODs on demand on our YouTube page. Just search up Disloyal Idiots. And if you're listening on your podcast platform of choice, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, leave a comment so that we can trick the AI algorithm and our computer overlords into expanding the Ottoman Empire. It's a good start for Syracuse football. I think what the it was a little bit of hesitation of who would Syracuse would get coming out of this head coaching search. But now that a guy has been named and a lot of guys that at least us in the news magician Slack agree is a good hire, I think we're all confident that the direction of the program is looking upwards. Hundred percent. And yeah, with that definitely. And with that, we leave you with a go orange. But it's spelled G A G E A U X. Go orange. Go orange. He's not from Louisiana. But what's happening in 15 minutes, Mike? That's right, why we'll you get... really don't say that. <laughs> Go orange. Go orange, everyone.